Hop on board. It's time for another trip with the biker and the rabbi. Welcome back. Today on The Biker and the Rabbi, we explore part six in our series about Yosef and what can be learned from studying his life and challenges. And now, here's The Biker. Welcome to the shop. You know, in here, we have the tools to get a lot done. We take things apart. Then, when we've checked it all over, we put it all back together. There's a lot of that in human beings as well. And what we've been studying the past few times relating to Yosef has shown just that. Having lived and embodied our higher self, there's one last key in this lesson to successful living. The understanding that the first six steps were merely a way to prepare for the true meaning of life, and that's serving others. So here we go again, right? You think to yourself, well, that sounds great, noble and all that, but does that mean I have to swear to a life of poverty and live with the poor while I give of myself and think of nothing for me? <laughs> uh-uh, never said that. And anyone who does is denying an inescapable truth to life. We'll get to that in a little bit. No, serving others is a mindset that just needs to be brought easily into your world, one little step at a time. I'm a simple man. You bring me a bike, you tell me what's wrong, I fix it, you ride off happy. Well, life's a bit more complicated. When our machines, our lives, are broken, or they're not working right, we bring them to people who tell us how they can fix things. But then we stop them. We tell them their answers are just too hard, or the price is too high, or we want other options, or the worst one of all, we just want to patch here and patch there till we finally break down, stop running altogether. <sighs> then you've got a mess. It's what those Freud guys call hitting bottom. But you don't have to go there. The point of studying Yosef's life is to see fully and clearly how his struggle is our struggle. And even as human as Yosef could be, he could summon what was inside the strength power to fix the problem at hand, and still remain true to himself and to God. Today, we take all the lessons we've learned, put them together, and show you how Yosef's life, while still the life of a tzaddik, is very much a blueprint for your own. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. Well, that about sums it up. Thanks for a great podcast, Biker, and we'll see you next time. Whoa, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, Rabbi. I'm just the warm-up act. You've got the starring role again. I don't know. That was pretty complete. Well, yeah, thanks, but you know better. Can you help clarify how it is that we can use life's lessons to learn to be willing to sacrifice all while building the feeling that it's the effort that makes us stronger. Be happy to, Biker. So let's start here. Joseph became viceroy of Egypt and realized all of his trials, tribulations, and successes weren't for himself, but to prepare him to serve others. The people of Egypt. And the Jewish people for generations to come. So, he spent all this time almost being killed by his brothers, to being sold into slavery, to serving time in jail. He spent all this time mastering himself, learning to focus his energies exactly where they were needed. This is what made him worthy of leadership? Right. He understood who he was, what his mission was, 
and why he had to endure what he did. Oh, okay, okay, so I just had a thought. No, don't look so shocked, it happens, you know. What was your thought? It took me five podcasts to realize that all this self-actualization that Yosef is helping us come to terms with all seems very self-centered. In what way? Whoa, come on now. Me, 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 me. How does this affect me? How do I make myself better? Seems we're only looking inwards not thinking about being better for others. Biker, you're very wrong, and I'll explain why. I was sure hoping you would. Yes, self-actualization is what we are after. Which is self-centered. No, not exactly. It's anything but a selfish pursuit. Because only when you're at your very best, unique self, can you give of yourself to others. Oh, but doesn't this go against the idea of tikkun olam? No, it's the very reason we can do tikkun olam. You can't reach out to the world until you understand what you have to give. Let me put it in a different way. You may never have thought of before. Ever been in love? <laughs> yeah. There was this 1997 Superglide with touring bags and power windshield, highway pegs and uh... I mean in love with a person on a motorcycle. Uh, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, of, uh, of course, sure. Why? Because then this makes more sense. When many people fall in love, what do they say? The person I'm in love with fills a need in me. They complete me. They fill that empty void in my life? Well, yeah, I've heard people say that a lot. But that's a relationship that's going to struggle to survive. Huh? Why? How? Sounds like it makes things perfect. For that one person, yes. But what about the other person? What does that person get? Well, I... Uh, they, they could... Uh, it might be... Jeez, uh, Rabbi, I never thought of that. If you fall for a person who fills a gap in your life and you do the same for them... Then your relationship is built on selfishness, not selflessness. So then what happens to the relationship if that person stops filling the need? Or the need is outgrown? The relationship could easily crumble. Uh, I don't understand. How does that relate to Tikamola? You can't fix the world until you fix yourself. What are you bringing into the world? If you're not complete, how do you complete something else? And if you haven't found your path, how do you expect to help others find theirs? So if you're not whole and complete, then you're just being selfish? No, your intent is good, but it can't accomplish what you want it to until you create a whole person inside you. Uh, I get the concept, yeah, but I... You're not sure Joseph fits into all this, and thus, how do we? Right. So now that we open our eyes to the idea, let's take a short break, and then apply our idea to Joseph and why his development and ours is so crucial. Welcome back to the biker and the rabbi. Before you can give, you have to be able to mold and shape yourself so that you can give selflessly and not selfishly. It's a fascinating idea, Rabbi Helper. And it all comes to us through Joseph. With all his trials and tribulations, he understood that he was being molded every step of the way. And even though his development seemed selfish, it was truly transforming him into a selfless individual. Just like understanding our challenges and looking inside for solutions helps transform us. Having used his years of denial to serve as the catalyst for his years of plenty, Joseph was now the only person who could utilize his knowledge as preparation for the years of starvation in Egypt yet to come. And so it goes. When you face challenges in life, look inside for strength. Use that strength to grow. That's looking inward. But others will then benefit from your knowledge, your experience, and your selflessness. Because selflessness 
comes naturally from those who grow from within. Kabbalistically, Joseph is the conduit of blessing. He receives blessings from above and takes care not to waste even one precious drop. After all, it's for the greater good of his extended family and the world. Let me underline that with the thoughts of the Chazon Ish. The who? A great rabbinic mind who lived in the late 1800s to the mid-1950s, a bit before Dubiker. <laughs> I'll say. He wrote about the idea that character development doesn't negate self-love. So you don't have to lose yourself to be selfless. Correct. He continues that the yearning for comfort, pleasure, and honor are a definite part of the makeup of a person. Ignoring these doesn't build us, but actually undoes our very essence. So he recognizes the need for us to be recognized. His idea was this, love yourself, accrue honor, but know that true honor is humility and true honor is Torah. There's no greater honor than running from honor and no greater pleasure than being free from our whims and desires. True freedom. The freedom to choose not to give in. The freedom Yosef exhibited with Potiphar's wife to be strong and resist. The foundation of all Torah is the understanding that man was created not for self, but to benefit and serve others. That's the Chazanish again? No, that was paraphrasing Rabbi Itzala of Elijah. Okay, so what I hear is you can't fix the world until you have your world in order, internally. And relating that to relationships means it's not about finding someone who completes you. It's about wanting to give of yourself so much that you only think about their needs, not yours. This idea might not be where we start, but it's got to be our end goal. And you need a little bit of selflessness from the get-go. And it really says in a few words what we've been studying and learning over these past six podcasts about how Joseph's life can help us understand our challenges and our struggles better. So, as you said before, when potential is actualized, it builds you to an even greater level. And as a more complete person, you have more to offer everyone because you can give and not expect something in return. A true Yosef ideal. Rabbi, how about you sum up things as we close out our short study of Yosef? Sure. It's like this. Joseph built himself into an incredible human being. He reached the pinnacle of success. In fact, Joseph in rabbinic literature is the epitome of success. He's the paradigm of success, of focus. He is an ish matzliach, which means he's a successful man. He takes dust and he turns it into gold. He rises to the top of Potiphar's house. He rises to the top of Egyptian society. And ultimately, he has his whole family around him. He is the leader. But Joseph recognizes all that greatness is anything but selfish. It's all there for one reason, and that is to serve others, to serve God, and ultimately to serve humanity, to be a conduit of God's blessing to the world. That's Joseph's idea of excellence. Not for selfish reasons do we seek that promotion, not so that we can be glorified, but so that we can serve others better. I want to be the best me so that I can help you be the best you. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. Well, that about wraps up another podcast. It's great to have you with us, and we'd like to request two things from you. First, if you like these, please pass them along to anyone you feel might enjoy the content. Second, if you have questions you'd like answered or you just want to learn more, reach out to any of the Kolel rabbis who would love to discuss ideas these podcasts bring up. As always, a huge thanks to the Denver Kolel for their support and the access to their resources. If you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denverkolel.com. 
www.kolel.org. Kolel spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. On our next podcast, we begin a brand new series studying the life of David, the effects he has on us and our striving to be better, and how the Torah's life lessons really do resonate today and always. Please join us. I'm the biker for Rabbi Albert. Thank you, and God bless. Thank <laughs> you.